This is Primal Screen, a weekly radio show airing Monday evenings on Triple R. Primal Screen is about movies, from the ones on the big screen to the ones you stream. Hope you enjoy the podcast version and feel free to get in touch via the Primal Screen Facebook page or the Triple R website. Hello and welcome to Primal Screen, a show and podcast all about screen culture from movies on the big screen to whatever you're streaming. We are broadcasting tonight from the Triple R Studios, which are on the Kulin, the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation. This is and always will be Aboriginal land. Um, uh, anyway, I am your host, Flick Ford, and I'm joined tonight by animator and all-round good egg, Kelsey Pettifer. <laughs> Welcome to Primal Screen, Kels. Thanks, Flick. Good to be here. <laughs> so on tonight's show, we're going to be spotlighting some animated films and focusing in on two new releases. Uh, we have Richard Linklater's Apollo Ten and a Half, which is currently streaming on Netflix, and the Bob's Burgers movie on Disney+. Plus. But before we get into those reviews, it is just a friendly reminder that it is still Radiothon here at Triple R. We're all volunteers on Primal Screen, so if you're enjoying the content or simply want to keep community radio alive and kicking, please do head to rrr.org.au and subscribe or donate to help keep us on air. On tonight's show, we're going to be spotlighting some animated films. Uh, and the song you heard just prior was Kathy McCarthy with uh, Rocket Ship, which is a little clue to where we're headed first up. Here is a clip for you. Where's our kid? Mission? For what? We accidentally built the lunar module. A little too small. How'd that happen? Listen, are you good at math? Yeah. Do you get a perfect 100 on every test? No. Okay. We need a kid like you to test this accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan, you're our only hope. Okay. Great. Let's forget about all this for now. We'll come back to this part later. First, let me tell you about life back then. Living in the Houston area in the late 60s, it was a great time and place to be a kid. But the world was changing, and so was how we saw ourselves in it. Right on. (laughs) Mom, is that one a hippie? Yeah, yeah, that's a hippie. How about that one? No, his hair's not long enough. But he's wearing bell bottoms. Okay, that's a hippie. I think I like hippies. Um, that is, of course, Richard Linklater's Apollo Ten and a Half, um, which is a rather sweet coming-of-age story set in the suburbs of Houston, Texas in the summer of 1969. And it's very much centred around the historic Apollo 11 moon landing. Uh, it's written, produced and directed by Richard Linklater. Um, and we have Jack Black as the narrator, who's the adult voice of main character Stan. Um, I think most listeners will be pretty familiar with uh, with Linklater. Um, from Dazed and Confused, you've got the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset and Before Midnight trilogy. Uh, tape, which is a really good one that I feel mm. like doesn't get enough praise. <laughs> uh, School of Rock, which, you know, of course, um, stars Jack Black again. <laughs> Uh, and Boyhood, which won a whole host of awards. I wasn't a big fan of Boyhood. I don't know what your position is on that, Kels. Um 
oh, it's been a while. Like, I'm not sure. I, it definitely hasn't stuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a very long film, yes. let's put it that way. But yep. some people love it. So, look, I won't go too hard on it. Um, but perhaps most relevant to our discussion tonight is Linklater's two digitally rotoscoped films, uh, 2001's Waking Life and 2006's Scanner Darkly, which was actually the highest grossing digitally rotoscoped animated feature, and it's also the most expensive rotoscoped feature that's ever been made. Um, I feel like I watched Waking Life probably first year of like doing philosophy. Um, so it's a very hazy memory. Uh, but I remember enjoying the Scanner Darkly a lot. That's with Ke- mm. Keanu Reeves. Um, do you remember that one? I actually haven't seen it, but oh, I did through okay. researching. I came upon it. I was like, oh, my God, Keanu. <laughs> I've never seen it like this before. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely – like it's got a very specific look, doesn't it, yes. all of those films. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I – and similar threads of what Linklater is interested in, Definitely. I think. Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, some of the criticisms, I suppose, you could say about Linklater is that he very much focuses on a male perspective. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a bit more t- mm-hmm. in a bit more detail. Um, so, <laughs> I'm very uh, nervous because I've got Kelsey in front of me, who is an actual animator. But I'm going to try my best to give a bit of a 101 on please. rotoscoping. <laughs> <laughs> So, could, like, interrupt me at any point, please, Kelsey. <laughs> okay. um, so my understanding is that it's often used, like, as a tool for visual effects mm-hmm. in, in films um, yeah. and live-action movies. Um, and it, it basically involves, like, a tracing of an object to create a silhouette and then uh, that uh, silhouette is then extracted and put on lots of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most... Uh, classical use of it perhaps is or the one that lots of people reference is in the first three Star Wars films yeah, which is yeah yeah I mean yes. I'm a bit of a Star Wars nerd yeah. so of course I had to mention it but um yeah it was used to create the glow of the lightsaber which yeah. is pretty cool where they had the actors just hold these props and then they created this glow mm. over them um for the, each of the frames is that right Am that's I, right yeah, yeah absolutely I think to most like any film that has VFX will have some degree of rotoscoping. There's always ah. like certain layers and levels, but um, this film <laughs> I've never quite seen. Like, it's it's very like its own art form, isn't it? Yes, it's just like this, like, yeah, beautiful but um, <laughs> interesting. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence of whether or not this film for me did it well. I'm not sure if it it came across to me almost a bit. Like the uh, like a bit lazy, not in the oh. approach, not in the technique or anything like that. But can you expand on that? Absolutely. So the the film for me, in terms of the content, was yeah. not super engaging. Um, I felt a little <laughs> bit <laughs> kind of underwhelmed actually, and so I thought maybe that's why he's done this. He's done it to kind of make it a bit more uh, of an art form, like an art that, piece. Why he's selected ch- rotoscoping Rot- animation? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Apparently couldn't. his his uh, line to that is apparently he wanted to make it more playful. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, okay. that was the okay. justification. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand that. But for me, I think this would have been a really incredible short film and maybe didn't need to be a featurette. It was just very long. And how long was it? Was it just under – it was under two hours. Yeah. I, oh it's almost considered short in these days. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah look the the main character was intriguing I felt that 
like undertones of nostalgia, of course, even though I'm a 90s kid, I had nothing to do with this <laughs> 1969 at all. But I like, I respect the art form. I appreciate he not only had to um, rotoscope it all, he had to shoot it prior. Yeah, because, yeah. So he, from my understanding, so he did use, uh, he did use some, some of the scenes were done in front of a green screen. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and then well, the, he animated it afterwards in exactly, post-production. Yeah. 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 So uh, rotoscoping is just super helpful for getting mm. like natural movement mm. to make it really accurate. It's kind of takes, it's almost like a bit of a cheat sheet because you've got that reference there. Yes. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Rotoscoping has gone back as far as uh, like... Betty Boop and yeah, from the 30s, yeah. ages, ages, yeah. ages. So early, early cinema as well, like yeah. isn't it? Like um, Moybridge, yeah. Moybridge with the horse, you know, that famous Absolutely clicking true. through. That, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of rotoscoping, isn't it, 101? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sure. I said it with such confidence. I'm Maybe like, I should look that up. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that uh, the, the concept at least, yeah. um, uh, Moybridge yeah. was. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, the art form's been around and it's – beautiful mm. it is like undeniably this film how they've done it it's beautiful the and stock footage treatment that they've yeah. done yeah how they did the just to interrupt sorry the just on that with the stock footage the little um uh textures and imperfections yes. of the film that yeah. comes through on the animation it. i don't know oh. how they, they, it has yeah. like this filmy glow to it as well which is really beautiful mm. and sure. really subdued colors as yeah, well yeah yeah so mm. that is the ma- the fact they've managed to hold on to that is it's, really It's pretty incredible. remarkable. Isn't it? I think yeah. he also and it kind of makes sense but he did use motion uh tracking software yeah. to kind yeah. of map it on which totally. yeah you can I mean it's hard to unpack exactly how it works. I think, especially as someone who's coming from outside of, you know, just looking at it and being like, I think this is how he did it. But um, yeah, that side of it, the technical side of it is really fascinating. Definitely. But you were saying before that you feel as though that might've been a bit of a gimmick. <laughs> I do. I do. But I mean, yeah, for me, I came in really open to it, really yeah, excited yeah, yeah. about it. And I was just almost just a very underwhelmed. underwhelmed. Oh. I, yeah. what, what didn't? What would you say you didn't like most about it? Uh, what was the plot? Ah, you know, <laughs> Where it, was it? <laughs> it, it's an interesting one because, and we played the uh, trailer before of um, Apollo Ten and a Half, but uh, it's got a very unusual structure. Yes. So the premise is that you have this um, kid Stan who um, <laughs> is approached in the schoolyard, and you know, he gets selected for this special mm, covert moon secret. mission. Yeah, 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 kind of like classic, you know dream of a child you know especially a child that was growing up at that time um but it really then it very soon it takes a i don't know a back that story line yeah. takes a backseat to this other storyline of a much broader cultural discussion around what was happening at the time it mm. touches upon politics it talks about family structures about childhood in general at that time um and music and pop culture and tv shows and everything like that and board games even yeah. Yeah. so it goes much more into a proper like nostalgia um it so it's a very odd structure mm-hmm. i wonder if it had been maybe one or the other um that structure would have flowed better but mm. i actually didn't hate this kelsey really? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Please. Yeah, right. I kind of got, I kind of got into it, and I'm, I'm someone who very much hated Boyhood, yes. and I do like a lot of Linklater's work, 
and I wasn't completely sold on this. Mm. Um, I do really love space films, so maybe that's where my I soft spot comes out. I would have loved to like have some more space. Like, uh, yeah, give there's me not. More space yeah, stuff. it is. It is much more about what's happening on the ground, yes, and yeah. in it, sort of in relation to it. But it is much more about family totally. dynamic yeah. and um, growing up in that time. I actually just found it genuinely quite funny. Um, I loved the family. His family were wow. quite funny. Um, I don't know. It's a very dry sense of humor, but I, I kind of got into that. Um, yeah, the mum was very was amazing. She was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it did feel very real. Absolutely. Yes. Like uh, yeah. even just the interaction with uh, our Stan and his grandfather with them yeah. kind of reusing yeah. nails, I that gave me a bit of a flashback to my own like, experience. <laughs> I was just – so, yeah, that I found really lovely. There was some – yeah, beautiful parts of this film and I, I just wish maybe we took it in a slightly different direction, maybe maybe more space. More space. Yeah. <laughs> and that might that might upset some some viewers because I mean it is called Apollo Ten and a Half. Yes. Um yeah. so you kinda of think it, there would be a lot more Apollo in it. But um yeah, it is it I I think it kind of worked. I agree with you in terms of what was the plot because it, it is messy. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but I didn't mind going along with that ride. I, I mean, it, it was one of those things that that would probably be one thing I would change is for the structure to be tightened up a yes, bit yeah. and for them to work that out. But I, I was quite willing to go with it, I think, because I got into that second mm. narrative mm-hmm. um, and quite liked the characters, so was happy to stay in that space. We have to – we can't talk about this film without mentioning the soundtrack. Now, we've already played one of the tunes oh. – uh, yeah, what did you think of the, the score? I loved the, it. The Honestly, soundtrack, really. that was like <laughs> an incredible part of the movie, being able to just listen to those songs probably from around that time. Yeah. 69, so good. Like, yeah, I sensational soundtrack. It really <laughs> was. And I, I recommend people checking it out because um, it was really hard to pick ch- tunes for tonight because I was just like, oh, there's so many good ones and we've only got an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of – and I think – that's where Linklater is at his best. Mm. Uh, I think he's a very good uh, – he's got a very good eye for – or ear, really, for picking up on culture, like creating a sense of time. Mm-hmm. And I think he really – he's a nostalgia boy, isn't he? Like yeah. he just loves yeah. that. Oh, and absolutely. he loves that re- returning to the childhood. Yes. Um, I actually thought that um, – and it would be interesting to, to know the answer to this – but I actually thought friend of the show Jack Ralph might be into this film – but do you have an inside <laughs> scoop? We did watch it together. Yeah. Honestly, he didn't mend it. He didn't bring it up after, which was very mm. surprising. So uh, the soundtrack, definitely, I know he was a big fan of. Yes. Loves yeah, okay. Pinkertees and Pink Floyd and all of that. So it's yeah. just really his jam. But um, I, I honestly, we got to the end of it, the film. We watched it together, Jack and I. And he was like, oh. Jack Black, like, where was Jack Black? I thought he was in it. And I was like, (laughs) horrified. I was like, I, but that almost made me feel, did they utilize him? I felt like him being the voice. He was just an average Joe voice. I get it. Oh, no, he's got the most (laughs) iconic voice. I picked up on it, but I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) This is, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, That is such a, that is such a scoop. No, I feel as though, um, I feel as though Jack, Black has a really – he had a distinct voice. Mm. And I kind of – 
maybe I don't know I'm trying to like justify why I liked this so much but I genuinely did like it and I think that uh Jack Black his voice is very friendly so it's this kind of very you're already yeah you're very, very real. yeah and you're already on on the side on side with him mm. and I think that kind of droll worked so well with this kind of like hot summer that we're seeing mm. play out and the kids is this sense of boredom and how mm. they spend their time. They come up with all these games and there's That's this true. sense of rebellion and freedom. And I think that tied in really well then with these like political and social shifts that were happening that perhaps could have been given a bit more screen time. Yes. Um, yep. But they do touch upon it and um, not in great depth and, you know, critici- previous criticisms of um, – Linklater's work where he's very male-focused or very um, focused on white lives I think would still be true of this film, that Mm. it is very much a white story. Um, You know, he does at one point feature some footage that um, viewers may have even seen in – oh, what was that thing that got released? I think it was like two, three years ago. Is it Apollo? Is it just called Apollo? It's Apollo – Ten. Oh it's like nine. Nine. It's, yeah, that we was, should Google. We yeah, should Google sorry, this guys. before we went on air. But there was that beautiful footage that got released, mm. and it's spectacular. And that touched upon a lot more of the criticisms against these missions, where so many people died, yes. and so much money was put into that, and you have people living living in poverty. You have it really at the. Um, you know, there'd been almost a decade of social um, activism mm. and, you know, black rights, women's rights, um, lots of protests going along. And instead, the government is sinking money into this space race yeah. for like as a, yeah. So he, that he at least is, touched yeah. on that. He touches let's, upon it. <laughs> uh, let's redirect on that. That's fascinating. All <laughs> it of is that. fascinating. But I would be surprised if Linklater was to create a film like that. <laughs> I He does, yeah, he does touch upon it. I'll let him, you know, and I, I think that's part of the culture. His mm-hmm. focus is really on childhood Stan, yeah. and, and and Stan yeah. and having that sense of playfulness almost with both the soundtrack mm-hmm. but also with the story. Um, I don't know. It kind of worked for me. Um, I think this movie would actually be really wonderful in like a high school, like show it to high school kids, maybe in America, not so much applicable <laughs> here, but maybe. I don't know. As a history? Like, as a history, a little mm. snapshot of the yeah that time. It paints the picture really beautifully, and I think yeah, it, it would be a really great piece of art. To it show might kids. be yeah, <laughs> and I think um I mean this <laughs> whether whether it would be as educated. I suppose it would be. It it is very watchable film, mm. and if it offers you, it creates an interest in you know the Apollo missions. Um, then kind of well worth checking out. I personally enjoyed it. I think it's really entertaining. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, oh, we we'll both love this. But, um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't need to apologise. It's good having a difference of opinion. Um, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, the best thing about this, well, one of the best things mm-hmm. about this definitely is, I think we're agreed on this point, is the soundtrack. Absolutely. So I'm going to play you another track from the movie. It's Pink Floyd with Astronomy Donomy. And Apollo 10 and a half, if you're wanting to check it out, depending <laughs> on whose side you took on that. <laughs> Is, uh, it's currently streaming on Netflix. You're listening to Primal Screen on Triple R. Uh, so on tonight's show, we're talking all about animated releases. Uh, we opened with um, what was my pick, uh, Richard Linklater's <laughs> rotoscope animation, Apollo Ten and a Half, a Space Age Childhood. And Kels, it's now time for your pick. Okay. Let's, let's play it now. <clears throat> 
Well, that's the first time an exterminator said he's gonna pray for us. That's okay, right? That's not a bad sign. No. What you doing, Gene? I'm making an instrument out of spoons and a napkin holder and dreams and magic. Obviously, Tina. How's the burger, Bob? It's okay. I put an egg on it. Why is Dad making a burger at 8 a.m.? Is he on British time? He's making it to bring to Mr. Dowling at the bank. We have a meeting this morning, and we're going to ask for an extension on a loan payment. Oh, fun. And we really, really need to get that extension. All the restaurant equipment is wrapped up in that loan. So you're giving him a burger? Well, I mean, we can't give him money, Tina. Because we don't have any. Pretty much. How about you play him some of this? Uh, what, to scare him? No, to enchant him. Bob, you know I love this bring him a burger idea, but isn't it a little early to be making it? I mean, our appointment isn't for a while. This is a practice burger. Why are you whispering? I don't want it to hear him feel bad. Okay. <laughs> that was, of course, the Bob's Burgers movie, which <laughs> is currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. Kels, for listeners who are not familiar with the TV show mm-hmm. uh, on which this movie is based, what's, what's the basic setup? All right. So Bob's Burgers is a 2022 musical comedy. <laughs> oh, this is the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, movie. I was thinking about the, <laughs> the TV show itself. Do you know when the TV show came out? Put you oh, on the my spot? gosh. So. So it's it been has out. about like, 10 years. We're in season 12 oh, at yeah. the moment. So, gosh, it's probably even longer. Yeah, long it's been time. a long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah I'm very – I love this show. <laughs> so be kind. I've <laughs> no, no, never no. been known not to be kind, Kel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this actual film is based on the television series. Yes. Uh, so with the same name. It's directed by the creator, uh, Lauren Bouchard who, uh, for those fans out there, is also played by Mickey, which is uh, one of my favourite characters. (laughs) Uh, The movie begins uh, when the Belchers are confronted with an enormous sinkhole out the front of Bob's Burgers and their hope for a successful summer is challenged. Uh, And it also adds to their ongoing difficulties of keeping the business afloat. Uh, So while the kids are dealing with their own challenges, uh, they work together to solve the mystery of the body in the sinkhole while helping save uh, the business from peril. Uh, So the film was released after two years of heaps of delays. Um, Oh, really? Do you know why that was? Because of COVID. COVID. Oh, yeah, that old thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I honestly think, uh, you know, that people are asking, is it worth seeing this in cinema, paying that money. Yeah, um, that's an interesting question that comes up for it, animations, doesn't it? Which seems a bit offensive. It but. is unfair. <laughs> it is unfair. But based on being able to stream it or is it worth going to see in the cinema? I, of course, love this film. <laughs> and, yeah, I would I would definitely pay. Um, but, Flick, are you a big fan of the show? Well, see, I, I was chatting with a friend about this yesterday. So I, I actually I, – I watched the show – uh, would have been back in, yeah, probably 10, 2013, yeah. 2014. Mm. I loved it mm. and I was like, this is great. And I like watched a few episodes and then just for whatever reason didn't keep watching it. Ah. Um, but I do enjoy it and I was like, I'm just not a, I'm just not a super fan so I have not yes. watched all 12 seasons, okay. which I'm thinking you have, <laughs> Kelsey? <laughs> I have, I have. I, um, yeah, I mean, I've got my favourite characters. Uh, in this <laughs> film I, f- I feel like it is definitely Louis-centric uh, in as most yeah. of the show is. It's very, she's, I mean, all characters are so endearing and so lovable but Louis, I think, uh, is, yeah, particularly... 
wonderful in this. <laughs> well, she gets she gets uh, she's quite a focus as well she of the is. narrative. Yes. Um, yeah. And I yeah. So I, I I'm a big fan of um Tina personally. Uh, of <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Tina, who's a bit sleazy, but she's um, wonderful. Yeah. I love her. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we all have our favorites. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, this film is. I mean, it's definitely a level up in terms of the show. It's beautiful. Can we talk about the animation on this? So it is slightly different from the animation we yeah, see yeah. on the TV show. Is a, I think there's like a drop shadow or something like that put on so, their faces? Yeah, there's definitely more detail added mm. in. We're still – some people think it does go into the 3D. It's definitely 2D. It remains yes. that way. It's just very much uh, a lot more time and a lot mm. more money has been put into the actual look and feel of it. Yeah, so you're yeah. getting a lot more – detailed camera movements yeah. very like a very good level up and it's beautiful but yeah you're right there is a definite drop shadow similar to almost how simpsons maybe like yeah changed. yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit like that like yeah, a bit like true. Ooh, noticeable that's yeah. yeah but um that's a great comparison actually and i think people will be if who haven't seen this mm, will be familiar with that so unlike yeah. simpsons though i felt like this was really <clears throat> a lot less of kind of a like a big uh, moment in the show it kind of mm. just felt like it could have been an episode but obviously there were kind of um, very interesting inciting incidents and stuff like that that happened but I think this you know how in Simpsons it's like a huge dome gets put up. like it wasn't anything as significant as that a body there's a dead body and even that, <laughs> that sounds pretty significant Kels I love you like oh it's just a murder <laughs> no big, no big <laughs> but deal. don't nothing major <laughs> but I mean for, to actually see a dead body in this in this show in the movie was like we've never seen that before. So oh, really? That was particularly, okay, that's yeah. interesting to know because I'm obviously not um, across all the apps. In fact, most I haven't seen all, most of the seasons. Mm. But that's interesting to know that that's a tonal shift because yes. I thought that was some of the funniest parts when um, the some 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 skeleton teeth going to someone's mouth. <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy that immensely. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I this. I, no one's done it quite so well in being able to find that nice middle ground of being for kids. They can watch it. They can yeah. enjoy it. But adults, I feel like, get way more, way more out of this. It's so enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose for parents who have to go sit through some, like, I don't know, let's slag off some, but, like, Despicable Me. Oh. Oh, like Actually, Despicable Me is not too bad. I think it's, like, all the sequels that have come out of it. But, like, <laughs> if you have to sit through films that are – terrible yeah uh this is one that yeah you're right you could take your kid mm-hmm. to see and mm-hmm. enjoy it on a different level yes <laughs> for yourself yeah. absolutely yeah. and i'm really curious to know if people who yeah are not as invested in the television show or never seen it would they would would they be encouraged to now having watched the film go and watch the show i think so so i'm i'm probably in the, on that I mean, I had seen some episodes, so yeah. I wasn't a complete newbie. I do think that this film stands by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you're right. It, the structure of it isn't – I mean, it kind of, I suppose, is a bit like a long episode, mm. but it makes sense. It doesn't feel too gimmicky. Um, I know that there's lots of Easter eggs there of, like, little references um, that are a bit beyond me, but I, <laughs> I know that they're there and I know that there's, like – yeah, so it ties in with all of these other episodes within yes. this set twelve series, twelve season series, 12 right? Season, yeah. 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 So there's lots in there for the fans. I think that um, people who've never watched Bob's Burgers could 
very easily watch this and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's worth noting that there is a lot of songs. If you're not a song person, Absolutely. you may. <laughs> I forgot to, forgot to mention that. Yeah, there are that, a lot of songs. That is the way in the show. It's not, of course, as jam-packed with songs, but always at the end there's like a little something whether yeah. it be a fancy dance number or yeah. <laughs> a bit of a musical. But, yeah, it, it's the music oh, – musicals I'm not the biggest – fan of this This is another difference of ours kelsey i love a I love a musical (laughs) this is like comedy musical though this is different territory yeah yeah, it is yeah much easier to to stomach i think (laughs) (laughs) i i have to say one of the things i did really enjoy watching this film i should say first um but i think one of the things i enjoyed the most was all the physical comedy i'm a big fan of just really well timed that's why i love the paddington film so well so much because they're so well choreographed Mm. and they're so enjoyable to watch i mean they're just like pure cinema for me. Yes, yes. Um, with Bob's Burgers, I feel like there were times where um, I perhaps would maybe st- – I mean, I did stream this, so I would perhaps stream it rather than seeing it in a mm-hmm. cinema. Um, but I think for super fans, like what better? And also when you go to the cinema, what better – it's not just about – you know, there's a technical side of it of like is this film up to watching, you know, paying money to see. But there's also – that community of what you know going to the cinema mm. like most people who have watched Bob's Burgers for however many years they would only be watching it maybe with you know their family or their partner or whatever mm. or maybe by themselves so yeah. they haven't had that experience of sharing in and laughing with a big crowd of fellow fans so I think that is That's true. worth it absolutely yeah. and I think especially the time it came out right after lockdowns and things yeah. like that like yeah I, yeah yeah yeah, it's what a what a film to see to go break the the lockdowns with. It was yeah. I uh I actually just missed being able to see it in cinema. It was only in oh, a really short no, time. Kels. Um so- I suppose do you think the that was because they knew that it was going to go to streaming services? I think whenever there's that Sorry. plan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a few yeah. films recently um uh that were kind of basically you know, that whole thing of that new format where mm-hmm. it's at the cinema for a week mm-hmm. or two and then it's straight onto the streaming services. I find that's, that's become happening more and more. It's a bit confusing though, isn't it? It is. I don't really understand why. I would think that surely in cinema they'd be a lot more profitable. Why keep them there a little longer? I feel like, mm. honestly, I just blame this stuff on the Marvel people. <laughs> like, it's their fault. <laughs> I, don't, I, I did have it explained to me once, but I'm not confident I'm going to be able to describe it on air um I know that I I think it does down does come down to financial costs but Mm. I yeah it's a tricky one I I get that you know it's hard to say in the middle of a pandemic that you know go go into a crowded cinema but I do feel like you often get a much better experience and strangely enough animation often like we mentioned we touched upon this before Mm -hmm. but doesn't get that same sense of, oh, you have to see it on the big screen. Mm. Um, but there's lots of other reasons why you go to the cinema Absolutely. and it's not just about like, is this going to look really good on the screen? Yeah, of um, course. And which an- it does, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, this film is so beautifully done. I mean, the production company, I'm pretty sure they're called Bento Studios or they they deserve such a medal, an award for this because the time that it takes – to craft this animation would have just taken so long. And I know that, you know, they've got great funding behind them. I'm pretty sure Fox <laughs> owns the company. I think so they're doing well, Fox. They're doing yeah. very well. Good on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, this – even just, yeah, 
for purely how it looks, you should definitely pop it on and give it a watch. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I think it's a and I you mentioned this before. I think it's a it's a very um it'll appeal to a lot of different definitely. audiences, yeah. which is great. Um, the fact that I hadn't watched uh really many of the seasons and was able able to sort of sink into it and get the characters and mm, mm-hmm. you know it communicates that really well I think people listeners who have not watched any Bob's Burgers will enjoy it um and I think then you've got the super fans but I also um you know I think with this one it's interesting how and you know we're kind of going back to a financial discussion but <laughs> uh that kind of adapting TV shows onto into a movie. Um, you mentioned before The Simpsons. That's another famous yeah, kind of – and I think yeah. that's a really good comparison. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, Downton Abbey has also What? Done is that going to be a movie? It think? is, I think. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's in cinemas possibly right now. Oh, Playing should I add that to our review? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I have not actually watched any Downton Abbey. Yeah, oh – I, yeah. You loved it? <laughs> no, oh, no, no, no. Well, I'm just, I shouldn't mention it. <laughs> I'm like, not. Not guys. a fan. Okay. <laughs> I'm sweating. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the it seems like a really interesting choice. I would only think it could only be profit that they would want to put it onto a big screen and mm. go kind of, it feels like backpedaling. I'm not totally sure what... Yeah, why you would do that, but mm. yeah, it's an interesting choice. It is an interesting one, and I, I I'm just glad that um, I mean this. I found this very enjoyable film, and mm. I, I do love like you mentioned your favorite character is Louise. <laughs> yeah. She gets a wonderful trajectory, but there's lots of fantastic characters and actually really good cast in um, the Bob's Burgers mm-hmm. movie. Um, should do a shout out to some of the voices as well that we've oh, got yeah. on here. Um, Oh, I'm trying to go through the list. Kevin Klein is it? I love oh, Kevin Klein. He's um, so good. He's one of the brothers. Uh, yes. These kind of very dodgy brothers. Uh, <laughs> who else have we got? Um, of course, Zach Galifianakis. Uh, yeah, Christine Christian Schaal. Um I'm not. I haven't pronounced oh. her name right. She's always in it, but she's plays like, Louise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's so amazing. you've got lots of names that people would be familiar with from yes. other comedy shows yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So um, the, I think that's part of the pleasure in watching animation is being like, who's that voice? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would. I personally would recommend this. Um, I was not familiar with um, all the show, all the TV episodes, but I feel as though this is a. One you can just sink straight mm. into. Mm-hmm. Kels, you're obviously a yeah. You're you're a mega fan, so you, I'm am. guessing this is high, high points. Yes, everyone, watch it now. <laughs> so if you were to like to take Kelsey's uh, advice, um, Bob's Burgers movie is currently streaming on Disney Plus. On tonight's show, we did a bit of an animation special. Uh, we reviewed Richard Linklater's nostalgic love letter to a childhood in the space age in Apollo Ten and a Half, which is currently streaming on Netflix. And we wrapped up the hour with the Bob's Burgers movie, which is available to watch now on Disney+. Plus. Um, I hope you enjoyed tonight's animation special. I hope you go out and watch both of those films, one <laughs> of those films, uh, stream them, um, and, yeah, check them out. Let us know what you think. Thanks for listening to Primal Screen, a weekly radio show airing Monday evenings on Triple R. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast version and feel free to get in touch via the Primal Screen Facebook page or the Triple R website. 